Army vet, mom, comedian. We'll talk about that on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact checking and corrections are encouraged. This episode is brought to you by Funwise Capital. Funwise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals and connect with Funwise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. If you're confused, so is my wife. Uh, generally, we're here on a Tuesday night. Generally, the evening programs have been relegated to just Wednesday nights. Uh, tomorrow night, I actually am going to a taping of a special comedy special uh, for Sarah Talamash and uh, my guest tonight was kind enough to accommodate moving from Wednesday to Tuesday so that I could actually go to that taping. And I'm really looking forward to that. There's going to be some, I imagine, and this is just my imagination, that there will be some very uh, cool people in the audience. It only holds 40 people, the venue, where we're uh, shooting the taping. And there are a lot of the people in who will be there as guests, I'm guessing, are friends of the person doing the taping, Sarah Talamash, who is actually a uh, very well connected within the New York comedy scene. So I'm expecting there'll be a lot of uh, very successful and uh, relevant comedians there tomorrow night. Uh, my wife said, you're doing a show on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And then she found out it was a comedian. She's like, you don't do comedians at night. What's going on? Everything's all wrong. It's a Tuesday night and you got a comedian on uh, sometimes we have comedians on a night show. Generally, we don't. Generally, we have comedians on a morning show because we know comedians hate the morning. Uh, but my guess, I'm assuming that she's on the West Coast, which would be tough for her, although we do have West Coast comedians on in the morning as well, just extra early. It's hard enough for me in the morning. Anyway, tonight we have a uh, comedian who has got a kind of a... Um, Kind of a unusual 
path to comedy. She was a, a uh, army vet, a nurse, and a mom. And now she's a comedian. Uh, Steph K spent her life serving others as a mother, nurse, and army veteran. I already said all that stuff before pursuing stand-up comedy. It took 20 years as a nurse to make her realize the old adage is true. Laughter is the best medicine. She's going to just watch coffee with the dog. I say that every single day. Uh, she has been seen on Comic Strip Live and St. Mark's Comedy Club in New York City, and uh, most recently at the Burbank Comedy Festival. She has a semi. She was a semifinalist in Jersey's Funniest Female Comedian, Funniest Female. I think uh, Emma K was also in that. Who was a guest on the morning show and a runner-up uh, in Clash in the Garden. I don't know what that is. You can catch her performing from the East Coast to the West Coast and all points in between. She's here now, ladies and gentlemen. Please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome Steph K to Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm so uh, used to uh, announcing comedians on the morning show without that Mind Dog TV podcast stuff. I get confused. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm confused. You're on the West Coast? No, I'm not. I'm actually in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So I'm on the East Coast just with you. Okay, cool. Uh, And I know Emma. I know Emma Kay. Yeah. Yeah, we Uh, were in it together last year. In um, Jersey is funniest. In one one of your uh, YouTube videos, you say New York City, and you're saying it's only the second time you've been there. And I'm like like confused because I thought you were – Originally, I'm a New Yorker. I, I'm, I don't know. You don't sound like it tonight, but for some reason, I thought you were from New York. So two times to New York City, is that still true, or is that No, I think video? I've been there since then, that video, uh, probably four, four or five times since then. Okay. Now, uh, Army, how long were you in the Army? Uh, I did four years active duty and two years National Guard. As a nurse in the Army, or Army nurse? No. I was not a nurse then. I went to school after. I was, uh, and I was in a medical unit. I uh, just didn't wasn't a nurse at the time. Okay. Now nursing. My wife is a nurse, and nice. I am. A, I'm of the opinion that every nurse thinks they can be uh, a stand up comedian. Uh, my wife definitely does, but my wife uh, she tells a lot of dad jokes. You know, so, you know, really old people corny jokes uh i know that you don't i've i've seen uh some of it i think that's it, you got to work a little blue in order to, to, to well you know what it, it's true because it's kind of hard it, it it's been hard for me to work clean um just because you know nurses conversations with nurses aren't clean you know um so i'm trying i'm right. trying because they said you know the the way to to get more sh- more work, more shows, is to be able to do clean, which I can, but it I tend to, I tend to write uh, they I tend to write dirty and then have to clean it up. So. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, nurses you- are funny. Nur- your wife is probably very funny because some of the funniest conversations I've ever had have been with fellow nurses. So yeah, I think my wife missed it. Missed it. I, I love her, but. She is a dad joke. Her father thinks he's really funny. Her brother thinks he's really funny. None of them make me laugh. And I talk to uh, comedians every single day. I kind of know the difference between uh, somebody. Now, just because 
you're funny doesn't make make you a good comedian. Also, I mean, you ha- there is something to the craft. There's a big difference between being able to sell a joke here and there or make somebody giggle every once in a while than to get up on stage and do it as a professional uh, art or a craft and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, so I, I think she, she missed that. But do you buy into that? Uh, you have working clean is is a good way to go for your career because I I got to tell you I my opinion is you got to be true to yourself above above all and if you're not generally somebody who likes to work clean or is comfortable in that that it doesn't it's not going to serve your career to force that well what's your opinion on that? well my opinion and let me my opinion is based I've only been doing I've been doing comedy for a year and a half. Wow. So that that is where my th- where I come from. I'm not a 10-year veteran who's, you know, been around the block. Um but I have managed to meet um several good people who have been trying to, you know, guide me in the right direction. Um and I, and I I I am torn about that because my husband is of the mind frame that I should be myself and be able to talk about what I want. But um, a, um, a female comedian who is has kind of been my mentor, who's been doing it for 20 years and is amazing and funny, and I honestly think she should be on your show because she's fantastic. Um, she told me, she's like, "Come, you need to come up with 20 to 30 minutes clean you can do, that you can do in you know new york that you can do in idaho that you can do in california she's like you come up with a set you can take anywhere that you're not gonna you know and i i have to agree she like amy schumer you know how dirty she is was after she she had a kid i don't think she's as dirty she's like do you think that amy schumer started out talking dirty like that she's like no she's like only when she became more more famous was she able to be more herself? Right. I, yeah. I, I, I hear that. And, and we'll open up more opportunities for you. But I think if you have to force it, if you have to force being clean, uh, I think the audience knows that. I mean, and it, it doesn't come true as, you know, they talk a lot about finding your voice. and But underneath that statement is authenticity. You, you got to be true to about who you are. And if you're not true, and if it, so... I hear what she says, and it's probably good advice, but it's good advice only if if you can do it authentic, authentically. Right. No, I do have I do have some bits that I know the subject itself is dirty. There's nothing I can do to change that. Yeah, and I'm not but saying you have, have to be dirty, but uh, like Anthony Jeselnik, he is very dark, but he doesn't curse, and yeah. and and so, but. He's being true to himself in that. I don't think he's forcing himself not to be dirty and just to be clean. He just doesn't do it by nature, and it comes off as uh, very, you know, relatable, even though it's very dark and totally. And, yeah, so all that kind of stuff. And and some of your, um, I I was trying to run some of your material by my wife earlier. Uh, uh, it is a little bit dark because you're talking about uh, don't. I mean, you should quit your day job, that kind of yeah. uh, stuff. And and so uh, part of 
I guess part of your experience leans towards dark humor, right? I mean, did you work in a hospital, nursing home? Yeah, I did. I did hospital nursing for about 10 years, and I I worked in the ER for about two. Um, And then the rest of the time, uh, the last 10 years, I've done home, like home, home nursing. Um, So, I mean, I I don't think, I I think at my core, I'm, I'm I'm a happy, positive person, but I think being a nurse, can make you a little a little darker you know of than course, the yeah and uh also if i may say it, my, my experience because i've been with my wife 15 years uh first nurse i've ever been in a relationship with but i worked in the medical field before i knew her and um knew a lot of nurses i i think they're all insane <laughs> <laughs> my my husband would probably agree with you <laughs> yeah I, all in different ways but man i've ne- uh and still she deals because now she's kind of like in a supervisory position mm-hmm. and all, the, the personalities and, and insane stuff we have to deal with on a daily basis uh she gets called to work because uh somebody uh just crazy things all the time i don't want to get into personal reasons why people are not at work or unreliable but uh, i know the job itself creates a lot of stress and so were you um were you taking your sense of humor out at, at the job were you were you uh a few, t- a few, I could, t- I, you know, um, a lot of patients would crack up, you know, they, they would just crack up at me. Um, you know, I, I remember vaguely just different things. Um, I was starting and I, I worked in the ER and I was starting an IV and this lady and her husband goes, you know, are you any good at starting an IV? And I go, well, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. And then another nurse walks by and he's like, and I'm like, you know, that's just kind of this. I was, I was getting this old lady in like a, a wheelchair and she didn't like understand how, like she just was old and she didn't understand what she was doing. And I said, and I don't know why I said it, but I said, you know, drop it like it's hot, like the Snoop Dogg song and other everybody hurt and they were cracking up. And um, so, I mean, I think often I've definitely used humor like, and this is probably morbid, but my, uh, when my father passed away, um, you know, all our relatives were coming to the funeral home and, uh, my uncle, and it was sad. Everybody was sad, but my uncle came and I hadn't seen him in a few years. And he, he, in in the years since I'd seen him, he, he, de- he developed a man bun. And when the first time I saw him, I hugged him and I'm like, Dan, you have a man bun. Like, and everybody, like, it was kind of like, it was nice little, everybody laughed. Right. And so, you know, my one uncle was like, leave it to Steph to, you know, break the, you know, break the tension. But, uh, so I don't know. A lot of people, you know, when I, I when I've told like fellow nurses that I'm doing stand up, they aren't surprised. Some of them aren't surprised because, you know, they're like, you were always hilarious. And I'm like, well, I never knew I was hilarious. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. laughed a lot. Uh, but as I intru- uh, alluded to in your intro, uh, laughter is the best medicine. And uh, I, I, you know, that's an old cliche, of course, but I find it to be true. Uh, and I do a lot of volunteer work in nursing homes. And, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and, you know, God bless you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> But it, I do find that you know what, 
if you can laugh, it definitely makes the healing process easier and makes life easier. Uh, and it, it is good medicine. So, uh, do you have you considered now? Because I talk to comedians all the time about opportunities. Do you do any of that kind of stuff, like uh, volunteer work or perform? Go into a like a nursing home or a hospital and do a set for some of some 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 of like the people that I know that work in like the nursing homes or assisted livings have said, Steph, you should come and, you know, do, do, you know, do a show. But that was probably six, nine months ago. And I just, and, and I'm still, I still, I'm still worried about the clean, dirty thing. Cause you know, a lot of times oh, they yeah. want us to do clean, but I'm like, they're, they're not clean people. Like they're not all clean old ladies. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I do a lot of, um, blue bluish uh material when i perform at nursing homes and uh i've never gotten a complaint about it. nobody's ever complained to the administrator uh, like the, the guy today was telling dirty jokes I, I i don't get like i'm not red, red fox but i'm not like that dirty but <laughs> i'm not dropping f-bombs but i'm telling right. adult humor because they're older than me they should be able to handle it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm pretty old um uh, <laughs> So did you keep this desire to perform uh, sublimated for 20 years? Did, did you, was it like a dream that you repressed? You know, it's, I don't think I, if there, if it is, I don't know. But I, I think when I first met my husband, we, we met like almost eight years ago. Um, for uh, Probably from the first year, he said, Steph, you literally are one of the funniest people that I know. And he is a black man. Just, just, just a, a point of reference. Sorry if anybody's racist. Um, <laughs> but he, so coming from a, a black man who, you know, they don't always find white people funny. I, I, I took that as a, you know, that it was true. So I, I wrote a couple jokes years ago, like five, six years ago. I wrote, I wrote a couple jokes down. That never went anywhere. And then last new year, like two years, two new years ago, we were talking about resolutions. And uh, I said, maybe I'll do a couple open mics this year. And then when I decide I want to start doing something, I kind of do it. And so I started looking around at what to do. Found out there were comedy classes. I had no idea there was even a thing. You know, I was never into the comedy world. Like now that I'm in the comedy world, it's amazing how many comedy events go on that I had no idea about. My husband's like, it's like, he's like, he compares it. He's like, I, I feel like the comedy world is kind of like the rap world underground. He's like, it's, it's crazy how. That's an interesting observation. Yeah. He, um, uh, I, so, I kind of noticed that too. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, no, what, 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 what he's uh, alluding to there, I, I, cause there are, you have to be in the comedy world to know comedians. Uh, when we talk about this on my morning show all the time, there are famous, like within the comedy world, top level comedians that people who are not fans of comedy, stand up comedy in particular, never even heard of. Like uh, I've mentioned Bill Burr to some of my com uh, contemporaries, and they're like, never heard of him. Don't know. Oh my God. Is. Me, <laughs> I have shown, I have shown so many people. When people find out I'm a comedian, you know, they talk about it and, and I'll say, have you heard of Bill Burr? 
And they're like, no. And I'm like, how? <laughs> so then, you know what? I always show them the video that got me hooked on Bill Burr is that uh, the Harlem joke when he's going into Harlem and uh, the white, he has too many black friends because, you know, his, his, he doesn't have enough cool clothes and stuff. Uh, like, that's my, that's what got me into Bill Burr. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. We actually, my husband, and I saw him in a concert in July. Yeah. Um, you bring up clothes, and I, I was going to talk about clothes to you because, and it just occurred to me watching your YouTube videos uh, that guys, young uh, comedians, guys basically they they get their look and they'll stick with that. Like, and it's, sometimes it, it's like their uniform; they're going to wear the same thing every time. And it, it seems like you're spending a lot of money on clothes every time you perform. <laughs> you're wearing something different. Is that? Uh, is that something that you know you, you're still trying to find your stage look, or you just you just like to wear like different? You like to buy clothes? Um, well, I think I did more of my buying clothes last year uh, when I first started because I was I initially was like I want to wear I want to wear dresses all the time, and I know you know, and that was just my thing, and then um, I wore dresses a lot. And then, you know, then I get comments from, you know, other comedians, stuff, you don't always have to look cute, you know, when you're, you know, doing stand-up. And I'm like, but why can't I, you know, like, why can't I try to stand out a little bit, you know, and, you know, because you never know. I went to an open mic last night, just a regular open mic, and somebody requested that I, you know, be do a show for them. Because of my, you know, my three minutes, you know, it was an open mic and it was three minutes and she thought I was hilarious. And so, you know, you never know who's going to be in the audience watching. So why not? No, I know. Uh, and I, I agree with you. But again, yeah, I and, think- I, and I don't have an answer for that question. Um, I do <laughs> like the um, I do like the blazer look with my like black pleather pants. I, I like that look, but I don't think I can do that. Every, in the summertime, you know, that's not a, a seasonal, you know, and right. it's hot on stage. It's hot right. on stage. But I, I, like I think uh, it comes back to, again, authenticity. If that's who you are, then that's who you are. You got you know, got to run with who you are. But I do see, um, and I don't think a lot of comedians pay attention to this, developing their look, their style, or, you know, their statement of who they are to the audience. And it doesn't have to be, good looking it doesn't have to be like fancy it doesn't it could be whatever you truly are uh but you know there are guys who work in jeans and and t-shirts and you expect that from them there are also guy comedians who come out in a suit and a tie but for women it always seems to be a bigger challenge clothing always seems to be more expensive (laughs) and a bigger concern for women and it's something you know we don't think about in comedy is is that part of it in developing well, because women about. women have to think about women have to think about other things besides <laughs> comfort you know right. like you you can you you want to look cute but not too cute you don't want to look so cute that the men want to have sex with you and the women hate you you know you don't want to look too threatening so you know and i hear it from my husband all the time why do you wear that you know because then men just want to you know yeah you know, 
uh, and just if you're being cautious here, you can say whatever you want. If, if you and I'm not saying. Yeah, I wanted to say fuck, so I, I did. Um. <laughs> That's fine. That's well, fine. That's allowed here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I hear what you're saying, and it, you know, styling. Uh, I've got a book down there, a Steve Allen book <laughs> written on comedy in the 1960s, and he was talking about. Uh, a lot of comedians in those days, anyway, went out of their way not to look too put together. There had to be something odd to, you know, to say I'm a comedian. Something should be off about your look, and and I don't know if that holds true anymore. And I don't think it does. But th- it's just interesting how that um, perception has evolved over the years. Because now, and there are people like Doug Stanhope who I'm a big fan of, used to come out in, like, uh, baseball jerseys and things like that. That was his look, and he would be, like, holding a beer on stage. And at some point, he just transitioned in, and that transition not in the way that it's used. Yeah. <laughs> into, like, a thrift thrift store old retro suit look with a cocktail from from the jersey. And that's his, his look now, and he won't ever go up on stage any any way other than that but it's his signature style and i guess he's comfortable in it and it fits him well so again i think authenticity is is all that matters here is you find what works for you what makes you most comfortable and if you're comfortable you can be your funny yeah yeah and then i had somebody else tell me that people like to look at pretty things so You know, it's 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 you know. Carrot top, carrot top makes a uh, like a great living. <laughs> and he's yeah. a, a resident, got a residency for eighteen years straight in Las Vegas. I wouldn't have to say he's a pretty yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no. yeah, it's, it's all all that kind of stuff. Do you do uh, any like uh, family humor? Because I haven't seen anything like uh, stuff about marriage, family, kids, or any of that kind of stuff in material. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a, I have a whole set. I don't do much anymore. It's one of those, um, because I talk about him being black, and um, so that was kind of at my beginning when I first started, and it just came easy. Um, I talk about him, um, being from you know from originally his you know DNA is Nigerian, how he decided to become Muslim and I didn't know about it. And then, um, so, um, but I don't really do that so much right now. Um, I talk about my, you know, my daughter. Uh, yeah, I have a new joke about finding, she's going to kill me. Um, (laughs) when she went away to college, I cleaned her room. I found a vibrator in her room. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she's kill you. <laughs> if she watches this, she was definitely. Was, kill yeah. you. <laughs> um, how about how my son, my my one son, you know, says, I don't even know why people think you're funny, mom. Wow. And then that whole conversation about, you know, and then how I made him that he's 17 and still goes to build a bear. And, you know, and you know, so like I I've I've um, you know, my bits are getting more, you know, my if you saw any of my sets, my my older son saw me naked and uh, getting out of the shower. And I said, you know, my first thought was not, Oh my God, my kids saw me naked. My first thought was, thank God I got a boob job. Cause you know, <laughs> you know. so like I have most of for right now, I'm, I'm not too much into observational 
yeah, yeah. humor because it's 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 I think it's easier for me right now to to do what's around me. Right. Well, that's um, exactly why I asked you that question because I am always uh and when I do my morning show and especially lately my wife is home and I'm I'm talking freely and I'm performing and the words are coming out of my mouth, and I know I'm saying things that if she heard me say, she might get a little bent out, like, what are you saying? And for uh, there have been plenty of times when my brother has called me up in, uh, from North Carolina and said, what the hell are you saying on your radio show? <laughs> and the idea, you got to be free to kind of be yourself and be as funny as you can be in whatever you, wherever you find the humor. But to me, there's also that thing like uh, if I had to think about it too much, I'd be nervous that my family or friends are going to get mad at me and all that kind of There's a very fine line between letting yourself go <laughs> and be as funny as you can be and then being worried about the fallout at home from friends from family all that kind of stuff so <laughs> oh it's very real very yeah, real yeah. getting getting canceled is always a before i even go anywhere is always a a big fear of mine yeah uh i saw my mom naked when i was 14 years old uh neither one of us ever said a word about it but <laughs> you know sometimes i think like because i was freaked out about it and it would have been good to have that conversation uh where you was i mean that was it was just weird <laughs> you know what how did it make you feel because i know it, it scarred me for life uh that's like nobody said, ever has that conversation he said mom i'm never gonna look at you again yeah. <laughs> that's what he said I, you know and it's got to be a very common thing like people yeah people see mom or dad naked every it's gonna happen you live in the same house it, it, chances are it's gonna happen but we never really have the conversation about it because it is a very, uh, well, we don't want to even want to talk about that <laughs> type of thing. Uh, I'm glad somebody uh, uh, talks about that on stage. I've never heard a comedian go there. So uh, good to break new ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bethlehem, P Pennsylvania, is that where you are? Yeah. Uh, where is that? That's like the middle of the state? Where is that? No, it's right across. Um, like, I'm about... An hour and forty minutes from New York City. Okay, big. Uh, so just, uh, take, just take seventy-eight across PA, and I'm I'm basically ten miles across the Pennsylvania border. Gotcha. So are a lot of uh, opportunities to perform where you are, or you have to travel? Uh, yeah, I put a lot of miles on my car. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's local there's local stuff here, um, and I. And I try to do some local because people are always like, Steph, when are you going to be local? Because, you know, they don't want to drive to Jersey. They don't want to drive to New York City. They don't want to drive to Philly. Um, right. So I don't do too much in the Lehigh Valley. It's called the Lehigh Valley. Um, I don't do too much in the Lehigh Valley. I go to the Poconos. I've been to Scranton, um, down to Philly, New York City a few times. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's difficult finding an opportunity. And, you know, it, it depends on where you are because some have thriving scenes. Of course, if you live in New York City, you could do eight shows a night, ten shows a night, something yeah. like that. Uh, but it's it depending on where you are, like I am 75 miles from New York City in a very country area out on Long Island. And there are only, uh, there are three and a half, I want to say, 
comedy club on Long Island, which is a 95 mile, uh, 95 mile Long Island. So wait, do you know uh, uh, Tony Landolfi? Yeah. I just did a show with him on uh, Saturday. Oh, very cool. Where was that? That was actually, it's called Oliphant in Pennsylvania. Oh, Oliphant. Uh, you know, yeah. uh yeah, because uh, 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 there used to be one, an Oliphant in the Bronx. But it was bad, bad, bad memories there. Um, and, but anyway, so where I was going with that is there's only four, three and a half comedy clubs here. So there's not a lot of comedy club opportunities. So uh, comedians make their own uh, kind of opportunities in putting on comedy shows in places you would never expect. The pizza parlor. Right. Uh, breweries. Do you have breweries out there? Yeah, uh, but... Uh, an oil a jiffy lube uh, really? uh yeah library shows are kind of that's not so far off uh laundromat <laughs> wow yes crazy places uh are you doing that kind of stuff to create opportunities for yourself doing you know doing shows wherever and, and yeah i've done shops uh shows in uh a couple coffee shops uh coffee shops are pretty cool yeah pe- people are trained to be listeners they're used used to like soft folk music and that kind of stuff the, the worst part is bars because bars are people especially that are typical bars for drinking bars where people just go to get tie one on loud. have yeah. a conversation you got to compete with you know the music and, and the other people right too. and yeah. they don't want to be told listen to listen to this person and Comedy is not like music. It can't be background. There's no such thing as nope. background comedy. <laughs> yeah, nope. you can be a musician and do background music where people are fine with just yeah. I don't really have to listen to them. It's just there if I feel it. But comedy, you have to grab their attention. And sometimes, in a bar, can you can be too aggressive with that and turn people off. It's just not really conducive to, to comedy, which is why people are turning into like coffee shops and pizza yeah. places and stuff so, um tell me about uh your first did, was it an open mic that you uh your very first experience on stage doing comedy? no um i think i i took a class at helium down in philly that's what i did my um i did my my class it was six weeks uh and when you know at the end of the class we had a show so you in the six weeks you learned you know he taught you the basics of comedy you ended up with like a five minute set um and then six the end of that six weeks you did a show wow. so um i actually i did my first open mic a week before my show just and i you know um at a brewery up in the poconos and uh just to test out the five minutes yeah, uh, and it was good. It was good. I mean, I got a good, you know, a good response for my for my bits. Um, my first, uh, the one, the the showcase at Helium went really, really well. Um, my jokes, you know, were they? Everybody thought they were funny. It's uh, yeah. breweries are kind of the same atmosphere as a coffee shop, even though it's beer. Uh, people are there. They, I play some breweries every once in a while, and they're like there. They got a uh, uh, board game in front of them or something like that. But it's not like loud and rowdy like a bar. No. So that's that's a that's a pretty cool place. We I don't think we've had comedy shows here in breweries. Uh, I'm just interested because I am starting to get interested in producing 
uh, comedy shows right now. I have not done one, but I've been wanting to produce. Oh, they're, they're good. Uh, I've done. I've done. You know, I'm not. You know, I've done it enough that you know they're good. You know, right. you know, you, at, you promote well enough, and you know, yeah. And, so yeah. I think I think breweries are a good area to do um, comedy shows. So now I want to uh, show you YouTube link here of your YouTube channel. First of all, uh, I want I don't know if you're aware of this uh, because this is a very long channel name. It's in the description, so people I made it easy for people to click. But you can change. You can actually name your your channel, Steph K. Like so, instead oh, of having this long stretch, yeah. You can, so it would be youtube.com uh, slash channel slash Steph K. Instead oh, of I will what, definitely, what, I'll yeah. have to figure out how to do that. But that's... I will, I'll send you some instructions on it. <laughs> it. You're not the only one who has a YouTube channel who doesn't know that, believe me. But it, it, it just makes it easier for people to find you. Uh, so, but in the meantime, the link is in the description. People can find it. Well, you now, can still, you can still find it on when, if you search up Steph K comedy on YouTube. Right. right. So. Yeah. We try to make it as easy and dummy proof <laughs> for people as possible. Um, but I was going to say for a year and a half in, now I was surprised to hear you say a year and a half in because you have quite a bit of material there up on YouTube. Any concern about that at this stage of the game? Like you, you don't want to, uh, there are a lot of people are concerned about burning material and don't want to tape all this stuff. Or especially I'll, other the other thought is that I want to wait till I'm perfect and I have all this stuff perfected before I put it on YouTube. Any of those concern yeah. you? Yeah, because I, I hear it a lot. But what what I the main thing I do is if you're sending out a video or a tape to a booker, it's easier to have that YouTube link. You're right. Definitely. So I've taken it down before, put it back up. But I don't I don't get it. It's not like I get a ton of views and stuff. So I don't, and, and if, if somebody wants to steal my stuff, you know, like a friend of mine's like, what if somebody steals your stuff and does better? And then they're known for that bit and not you. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, then that's going to happen. I guess that'll happen. But, um, I got, I got a comment on that. Cause what I, 25 years ago, I was uh, doing a, uh, I started a musician support network because uh, I was concerned that all these independent musicians at this time, this is how I was way ahead of the curve. Uh, people working as musicians didn't have health care uh, coverage at all because the cash business, your entire life is based on cash. And I thought, well, it would be good if we could get a group together to buy health insurance as a group. So I started Long Island Musician Support Network for that reason. Nobody was interested in, in pulling resources together to buy uh, health care insurance. They would rather just risk it, but I thought I was a worthy cause. But so I, as part of running the organization, I was putting together a website and highlighting people and doing websites for them for free to highlight their work and all this. And a girl who had been uh, writing songs for like three months, uh, she, she was really concerned about somebody stealing her material and i was like that would be the best thing that could ever happen to you at first <laughs> you right. can it, it's it's your way to if it's somebody has a hit let's say you put out a, a piece of material and somebody steals it from you and uh and that has a hit with it if you can prove that you uh had it before them all of a sudden, it not only puts a spotlight on you and people will know who, who you are, This you always write new material like that. So when you're beginning your career, 
if somebody steals something from you, that's a ticket in for you. It's not a ticket out. It's not something to be worried about. So right. it's just that's a good, Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, too. But, I mean, I, I you know, because when I want to go on, like, TikTok or Instagram or Facebook and post, like, clips, you know, just to, you know, get some, you know, views and stuff, they're like, don't, you know, you shouldn't because then somebody will steal it. Or another comedian said he posts clips only of bits that he's not going to do again. Right. And I'm like, oh, my. But this is a guy who's been doing it for 15 years. Yeah, that's can, right. So, you know, I'm kind of of two different minds with that. You know, I, I'd like to use them to, you know, the good bits to promote myself. But, you know, I guess not the best. Because then why do people want to come and see you then if, if you're showing everything online? I will. T- I, I, I have an opinion on that, too. And I'm not saying my opinions are always right. Believe me. I, I, but I do have opinions about this stuff. I equate a lot of comedy to performance and music because I do both. And um, I think people want to hear the hits. If you go to, if you go to, and I went to see Rodney Dangerfield uh, at least three or four times. And he didn't do the same show every time, but within those shows, there were the hits. There were jokes. I, he, he repeated in all four shows, all five shows that I went to see. And I think there is a part of that where people want to hear the hits. Every, you know, yeah, we love new material, but, you know, there's nothing wrong. Too many comedians are too hypersensitive about just losing material and not repeating stuff. If it works, it works. And if it makes people laugh once, I guarantee you, if I hear it again live in, in the middle of a context of a good show, I'm still going to enjoy the joke. No, that's 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 true too. Yeah, Joe List, who had uh, I saw him live at the stand in New York City, and has a, a special out. Uh, there's enough for everybody. It's on YouTube now, and ten minutes of that, uh, what he did at at the stand in New York City. I saw that ten minutes live, and I laughed my ass off when I saw him do it live. Then I saw him do the uh, and it's special, and I laughed just as hard then. So I, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think. I think the idea of, of being too hypersensitive about people knowing your material—it's it, comedians get that in their head and then they stick with it, uh, and it, 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 so it becomes a rule rather than just a kind of like loose guideline about how you work and all that stuff. Uh, any? Uh, do you have a TikTok channel as well? Yeah, it's all everything as I it's Steph K comedy on uh TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Gotcha. Now, how, how are you? Uh, because it seemed like for again for a year and a half in with uh, all that material on YouTube, you must be doing it pretty often. How how are you finding how are you finding these opportunities? Or, uh, or are you hustling every day to look for gay? I mean, how are you? No, how are you- I mean, I, I have to say, um. Probably in the beginning, in the beginning, if I saw something, um, I would, you know, reach out to the person producing it. Uh, I got a couple, you know, in the beginning, I probably did. um, I did. I did for six months. I probably did shows, but they were free. I wouldn't pay, you know, they wouldn't pay me because, you know. They were just. I know people have been doing. Don't feel bad because I know people have been doing it for six years mm-hmm. and still haven't gotten paid. I got. I got. I did my first paid show like six months after I 
graduated from that comedy way class. to go that, and i still do free please I, you know anybody that's in comedy you know that's listening to me you know uh i still do some i still do you know if i'm going somewhere for the first time and i want to you know they want to see uh, guest spots um i do for uh, i do free shows but yeah. you know uh for the most part um if i do anything more than once and they ask me to come back then they pay me Right. Not a ton, you know. I'm not making. Yeah, a, right, yeah. I'm not making a living off comedy uh, anywhere I, near. Last night I heard Louis C.K. Uh, in, in an interview, it was taped. Obviously, what he wasn't talking last night, but he he was talking about when he was coming back from his thing where he kind of got pushed uh, to the to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was starting in comedy clubs, and he said the words, "Comedy clubs pay so well. I mean, it's so much money." And I was like. For you, maybe, but uh, to me, it it was it was astonishing to hear a a successful comedian talk about how well comedy clubs pay, and that that what a great living that is. And he was talking like because he was surprised that you can make that much money in clubs because he hadn't done clubs so in so long. He was doing amphitheaters and that kind of stuff, but he was shocked at how much money you can make during clubs. Yeah, if you're Louis C.K. and you're selling out. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. every seat in the place and the ticket price is you know a hundred dollars a ticket yeah of course and you're getting all the door yeah you're getting to twenty thousand dollars a show yes that's great money for one night for an hour Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah but for the most part comedy clubs I, I try to figure out the math on how that could even work for for somebody but and, and again this is part of my thoughts and trying to um start to produce shows now i'm looking at venues and how how much you can actually take in what you can gross and how how much you can afford to pay comedians and all that stuff the business has any of the business uh, have you been surprised by anything in the business or challenged by anything business wise oh sure and- yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of surprises um you know being having no no connection with the comedy world until last year um I've, um, I don't really, let me think there was one, like I was, I always thought that in, if, if you wouldn't want to go after a comedian who did really, really, really well, like I always thought, Oh, they're, they did really well. It's going to make it hard for me. But I found that the better a comedian does before you, the better they set you up for success. For your right. shows, for your yeah. for your set, I think you're absolutely right, and that it's um, part of human nature to have that competitive thing. If they're too good, they're going to make me look bad. But the uh, the the truth about it is, if they condition the room to laugh already, even if you're not that good, <laughs> they're going the audience is already primed right. to laugh, and and some of that, you know, sometimes as a student of of comedy, I I have seen. Uh, people become so conditioned to laugh that you could just say hello to them and they're going <laughs> to laugh. Uh, if we if we are very uh, suggestible and conditionable as a as species. And so once we get into the, the uh, pattern of laughing every time somebody says something with a particular cadence, when they stop, it's time to laugh, whether it was funny or not. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Uh, if, if they do better, I think it's better for you. There's still some mm-hmm. times where um 
I'm not saying you can't be good if somebody bombs in front of you. Sometimes that's an opportunity to lift the room up. Right. And right. yeah. Uh, do, are you networking a lot? Are you meeting a lot? Uh, or Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm, I'm pretty good at networking. Later yeah. in life is it, is it is, is getting into comedy later in life where uh, and a lot of people are getting into uh, comedy in their forties and fifties now, so it's it's not unusual. But is that uh, because comedy? Uh, I'm kind of backing up here a little bit. It's ba- a lot of success is based on clicks that they get in. There are little groups of comedians who establish a turf. A you know, this is our club. This is where we all meet, and, and so it's very clicky. As you get older, is it harder to, to deal with that? I, I think it is for me. For yeah, uh, I, I think so. I because I, I, I I'm not about playing. I don't play games. I don't talk behind people's backs. I'm here to, uh, you know, my I have a I have a I have a goal, um, and so I don't really think that I'm not. I don't, and I'm not in a you know. I'm not in a, I'm not in any click, you know, I, cause I try to stay, I try to do shows beyond where I live. You know, I try to, I'm tr- I try to anywhere I go. I went down to Virginia for a wedding in April. I got a guest spot on at the funny bone in Virginia beach. Um, very cool. I, I'm was, impressed. Uh, when I was out in, in, in Burbank for the comedy that's festival, what I was very, just asking about. Yeah. I I'm, went, um, I didn't get any, I, I could have gotten some guest spots, but it didn't work out. But I went to the comedy, you know, I went to the comedy store um, and, w- you know, watched a couple, you know, shows there and went in the belly room at the comedy store. Mark Curry closed out the show. We were mad because we got there a little bit too late and Dion Cole had opened the show and we missed him. And I'm like, ah, oh. um, so yeah, I'm a, uh, I've been in Delaware, um, did some, did a show in Delaware, Virginia beach. So I'm trying to, my daughter's in Florida in college. I tried to get a guest spot down at like side splitters in Tampa. So I'm, you know, the Florida, uh, scene, uh, and I know Florida is very big state to say it's Florida scene, uh, cause there's different cities and all have different things, but Florida is discounted for its opportunities for comedians. You know, people are there on vacation. There's a lot of opportunities everywhere. But uh, my goodness, there's uh, seems to be a lot of really uh, a lot of opportunities for comedy down there. And I think people overlook it. Uh, of course, people from New York, <laughs> they feel obligated like they have to go to Florida, have to move to Florida at some <laughs> point. Uh, but a lot of my comedian friends are uh, down there now and killing it. And every morning this morning I had uh two comedians scheduled only one of them showed up but both of them were from florida tomorrow i have another one from florida so it it you know it's a very thriving state as far as i don't i don't see pennsylvania as being that. <laughs> <laughs> well philly philly has a lot of yeah, um, philly yeah philly has a lot of um i think of philly as new jersey <laughs> yeah, no, it's not <laughs> it's, it's south jersey to me i mean <laughs> Because if to get there from here, it's basically you drive through Jersey to on the Jersey Shore, yeah. and basically you're, you're there. So, uh, do you go to Philly a lot? No, I don't. Uh, I've, I've, all, I, I need to because a lot of comedians that I meet through shows that are down in Philly, they're like, Steph, you need to come to Philly. 
because, you know, there's punchline, there's helium, there's, um, but it's hard because I live an hour and a half away and I, and I still work as a nurse and it's just, it's tough to get down. You know, if I, if I, if I want to get to a six o'clock open mic, I got to leave around four and there, I could be there till nine, 10 o'clock. And then I'm home by 11. It's, it's hard. I, I went down to Philly one time and I was on my way home and like 20 minutes from home, I, I started feeling myself wanting to fall asleep. Yeah. So that kind of turned me off, but I'm like, you know what? I, um, you know, but I have a couple, there's a, I have a couple shows coming up where Philly comedians are coming up here. So wow. that's, that's kind of how I like it. I like when the headliners come up and you know, they're, they kind of, yeah, they, good. they like good. my, they like good. my comedy and stuff. So good stuff. Now, uh, do you have the uh, information available now to kind of promote those shows or, or, uh, cause that's where we're at that point in the, of the program yeah. where we want to mention where you're going to be, where people can find you. I mean, I'm there. I'm going to be, uh, November 3rd. I'm going to be in the Poconos, uh, a place called Willie Mays. It's a good venue. It's got amazing food. Uh, it's John, the Greer Fest comedy show. Um, and, uh, a headliner from Philly, Rob Stant is going to be headlining. I'll be a uh, feature, uh, it's going to be a great show, funny people. And then on, on Veterans Day, I'm doing a show in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, two more comedians um, coming up from Philly, Ryan Foster and Dan D'April, coming up from Philly to headline. Um, I'm just checking Veterans Day on the date on that. because Saturday. Tra- traditional, it's a, uh, November 11th. Yeah, it is a Saturday. Yeah. That's not one they moved to a a, a Monday holiday. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I play a Veterans Day uh, show every year, and it's a little weird because uh, it's a very older crowd. Have you have you done Veterans Day shows? Yeah, I actually produced. I produced. Uh, I was. I I headlined. <laughs> if you can believe it, last Veterans Day I headlined a show. I had about twenty five minutes of material, uh, and then. Um, so that was last year. This year, I decided. Was um, that was that young veterans like Iraq War veterans, or because when I play them, it seems to be World War Two or Korea. No, well, <laughs> it ended up being it ended up being most of my like close family and friends that came. Uh, so I didn't. I I don't think I had too many veterans in the show uh, come to the show. Um, but I also produced uh, a show. One I, I'm producing another one in February. I produced a couple, one show. How does that start? I mean, you basically, you get the venue first, you get the artist. Or you, the, I, got or the, the, I got the, I locked in the venue for the day, um, figured out the lineup. It's, it's, it's really made a flyer, you know, promoted it on Facebook, Eventbrite, Instagram, right. um, local groups. Um, is, so. is, face, is Facebook the main uh, avenue you use for promoting uh, shows and letting people know where to find No, you? I actually think that, I mean, Facebook is good, yeah, but I actually think Eventbrite's really good for promoting. Right. And I think making up physical flyers and going, 
I boots on the ground, you know, yeah, going yeah. to local areas. Old fashioned stuff. Wow. <laughs> I used to do that when I was a kid. They, I, I used to uh, do a run around uh, through the neighborhood uh, late at night, putting uh, flyers in people's mailboxes. Yeah. Uh, back boots on the ground type of thing. Old school. That's, <laughs> and I don't well, know if anybody does 50, that anymore. I'm 51, so I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> yeah. I, so, was, I was 51, 51 years ago, I think. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish you uh, great success, man. Uh, I'm I'm impressed well, uh, with what you've done in just a year and a half. I've been trying. I've been trying and working hard. So good I, for uh, you. Good for you. Uh, living the dream, as they say, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. If living the dream means working a day job and being out of the house, you know, it's, it's part of it. It, it, it. Definitely, especially I wouldn't, you know, in the first year and a half, everybody still works a, a day job. And I know it's exhausting, but it, it's it's a good kind of tired when you know that you've done something that fills your soul and fills your, your need to perform wherever that comes from. Uh, it makes the day job a little more it, uh, tolerable, I guess. It does. <laughs> And it was good too, because last night I did, like I said, I only had um, three minutes for my for the open mic, and in that three minutes, uh, when I was done, this twenty four year old came by, um, and it was it's a newer joke than one I'm talking about my daughter's vibrator, and it's it's it sounds <laughs> like it's it's gonna be a really good it's gonna be when it's done it's gonna be really good, but she she walked by me and she's like, you're funny as fuck, and. Uh, so like for three minutes, I've, I've, you know, that, that gives me, you know, I, I, I know we got to go, but I actually went through a period after I got back from the Burbank comedy festival, um, where I didn't have a show for a couple weeks. So I was like, should I, would I be okay not doing comedy anymore? You know, if I didn't do, you know, would I be okay? I did. I made myself go to two open mics and that both open mics. I know you can't say it, but they actually had audiences. I can honestly say that they made me, I'm glad I did them because they made me realize I am pretty, uh, you know, for being new, I, I, you know, I think I'm not wasting my time by, um, you know, doing it. Good for you. Well, uh, don't let uh, one or two bad performances along the road there ever convince you that you, it's not worth because it, it, that will happen to anybody. So, right. but if if you feel like you're doing what you if if it fulfills you you in your spirit, keep doing it and, and don't care what anybody thinks. If, if it's good for you, keep doing it. That's yeah. all my my words of advice there. Appreciate you being on here. No, hey, appreciate you having me. Uh, anytime you want uh, help promoting stuff, just drop me. You have my email. Drop me a line mm-hmm. with what's going on. I will mention it on the morning show. I will mention it uh, on this evening show. Although this is generally not where people come for comedy, the evening show. Uh, <laughs> but if you ever want, uh, if so inclined to come on the morning show, keep that in mind too. The morning show is definitely much more uh, geared towards comedy. And we, well, we let have, me know. I would, you know, I would, I would. Absolutely. Is it every, is it every morning or is it one every morning? morning, Monday through Friday, nine to eleven Eastern time? Sometimes it goes nine to twelve. It, it, it's it's supposed to end at eleven. I often overplay my. Uh, it's on the ra- it's on internet radio, Mind Dog Radio. It's on uh, thirty two different platforms as far as Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Rumble, all those kind of things. Uh, okay. Monday through Friday. So yeah, right. love to have you on. 
All right. You too. Have a good cool. night. Have a great night. And thanks All for right. coming by for now. Sure. Steph K, folks, uh, link is in the description to her YouTube page. I'll get uh, the Facebook uh, page, put that in the description too. I just want to say if by some terrible uh, incident she is found murdered, it's her daughter who did it. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, it, it, it's different if your mom is making those kind of jokes. Imagine your dad uh, making those kind of jokes. Uh, he definitely would get killed. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you follow her uh, and look out for her. I mean, if, if, seriously, if anything happens to her, you know the daughter did it. Uh, that's the show for tonight. Always interested in knowing what you think. Tomorrow morning, I have the world's, as far as I, I know, the world's only biker hypnotist comedian, Gary Michaels, on in the 10 o'clock hour. In the, in, at the 9 o'clock hour, we have somebody named Chris Kuhn who is a comedian, I believe. Uh, I We're still not sure how he got booked on the show. I have a feeling Willie did this uh, somehow. But I've tried looking him up, and I got no information on him. I've emailed him several times and said, we need to know who you are <laughs> before you come on the show tomorrow and have not heard from him. I was almost hoping he didn't show up, but it, it this could be some comic gold in the fact that we don't even know who this guy is or how he got booked because we found several possibilities who Chris Kuhn might be on the internet but we don't really know so it's going to be an interesting show tune in uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Coffee with the Dog I think you'll enjoy that and let me know what you thought about tonight's program and definitely do follow Steph K uh, that's the show for you tonight don't forget to uh, turn on your radio and I'll see you in the morning Bye for now.
listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.